You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know what it's like when I get up in the morning. I'm like, man, what do I got going on during today? And I just realize, shit, I got guests coming in. And then I cruise in. It's always exciting when I get to have people come in from the industry and talk about all the shit they got going on. And today I got my boy Darren, and I got my boys from Rapid Grow LED hanging out with me. Going to talk about a whole bunch of shit. But let's just first start saying, what's up? What's going on, everyone? How you doing, Darren? Doing pretty good. <laughs> Wish you had coffee, but I'm all good. <laughs> oh, sorry, closer to the mic. <laughs> Got to get my boy on point right there. Why don't you guys also say what's up? Darren already did a little quick I intro and had the had the, had the mic check. My name is Jerome. You know what's good. Um, I'm uh, 20 years uh, addicted to marijuana. Ah, well, that's always good. <laughs> I am an addict. And your partner in crime? <laughs> My name's David, and I have been a 20 years connoisseur of marijuana. 20 years. So uh, let me ask you, Dave, instead of in just also enjoying the love of the herb before you got into things related to cannabis, what kind of job or what did you do? My whole entire life, I've been making lights. My pops is a... Uh, Italian man from New York, so you don't have many choices like me. It's either family business or out. So you so you grew up in New York? I grew up here in Southern California. My pops grew up, grew up in New York. York so yep, yeah, so that's why I got the Cali vibe. You got the East Coast mentality. <laughs> East Coast mentality. When did Cali you, how old was your dad when he moved from the East to the West? He was about 23 years old. All right, so young, there. young. He was like, look, hot, you know, weather, good fucking environment. Redondo I'm, Beach, I'm California. Getting, oh, yeah, which is, which is, for those who don't know, the California area is a very beautiful beach uh, area in town. Great place to go hang out, good restaurants, and a lot of good stuff to enjoy. And uh, so you've always been loving the weed, doing the weed, but your dad was in lights, or you... He's always made lights for the last 20 years since I graduated high school, so it was a natural fit for... And was it commercial lighting, or what exactly was we he started, when you said it? We started making HPS, metal halide... Oh. He was sneaking out HPSs for his homies to grow weed. <laughs> get, get into it. Your dad's going to find out all the stuff you stole from the company. Just, just go, go out with it. So. And so we would make all commercial lights, and then about 13 years ago, we switched to LED. Okay, so but your dad originally was like, hey... Move out from New York, come to Cali. New life, nice life, great weather. I'm going to fucking just cater to cannabis people, essentially, because who else do you put these bulbs or come out with this stuff for in the first place, right, or no? Yeah, so we cater to the whole market. We cater to uh, everyone tomato from cannabis growers or to whatever. tomato yeah, to basil to farmers yeah. to greenhouses to you name it. And they grow it, we'll light it. So back in the day when they started, there was no LEDs, and we'll get we'll get into that. We'll get into that. But you brought your boy, who is a uh, who's a cultivator and grower, right? Yep, and, my boy Jerome. And Jerome, give, give a little like, let's go in the wave flashback machine of when you really started. I mean, you seem like always wait, wait, started I, in cannabis. I thought I was gonna drop my official title. I don't have to do this. Okay. Like, Normally, I, you know, I don't make business cards. I usually sure. tell people you're just looking enough let's to talk to me. Let's do official title for sure. 
I am the director of cultivation. Right? I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's what I made up for Jerome. That's how it fits. Yep. That's perfect. Director like of cultivation, and uh, how does Sounds it feel? So to, official. How does it feel to be a director of cultivation? No different from yesterday. <laughs> okay. That's right. <laughs> That's fucking great. So, you've been in the industry for a long time. So why don't we just talk about what got you, you know, in love with cannabis and what kind of really started the the track that you've been led on your whole life, I guess. Well, this is uh, for parents out there to know as well, I guess. Golf got me addicted to marijuana, believe it or not. Wow. Awesome. Okay. Right? And John Daly. And uh, this is, you know, being a kid, I was pretty receptive to the point at this, you know, stage of my life. My stepdad would be like, look, there's a bunch of shit that I did when I was a kid I won't even share with you. The point <laughs> is, I never got caught. That's the difference between you and me. Sure. So I don't give a fuck what you do. Just don't get caught. I don't need to hear about it. I don't need to pay for it. You're on your own. Yeah. And I was just like, okay. And, you know, I've always been a very cautious person, so that I think that's another thing that intrigued me about the cultivation. We'll get into that later. But, you know, being able to be out in nature for five hours playing golf with only three or four of your buddies that also smoke weed and no adults around, it was a great feeling. You didn't have to park your car in front of some stranger's house and, like, hotbox your car and hope a cop doesn't pull up on you because back in the day, the whole philosophy for me was, like, what, are they going to go to a fucking pay phone and call the cops on me? Like, nobody really had fucking cell phones back then. So it's like, you know, they're not taking fucking videos of you. There's not ring fucking doorbell things going off. There's some fucking group of kids fucking hotboxing shit, bumping 12-inch woofers in their fucking car. (laughs) So, you know, we're on the golf course smoking weed, and it was the greatest thing for me. I was like, fuck it. Nobody's going to think that us at the golf course are fucking smoking weed after watching shit like Caddyshack. You're just like... There's a whole nother little society thing to that. You know, it's like, you know, I'm never going to put a collared shirt on and and raise my boys five pitches higher. And at one point I even got into that growing weed. I I used to teach golf at one point in my life. And I was like, fuck this. There's no money in it anyways. We're getting $6,000 a pound for, you know, some OG Kush back in the day. Why the fuck am I doing this? So, you know, from getting into golf to starting to smoke weed, I think I've only missed two days now. It was like June 21st and 22nd, 2005. <laughs> this is Jackson Hole, Wyoming. There was no fucking weed around. I tried everywhere. Even one guy even fucking threatened to call the cops on me, you know, asking for weed. And I felt like I was hung over like fuck. Dude, you'd pull over, you'd get nauseous like you're hung over off alcohol. It happens. from You smoke enough weed consistently and a lot of it, it'll happen. And, uh, well, at least for me. But realistically for me, you know, as soon as I was 18, we got OG Kush from some friends that was just seeded up. And I collected all those seeds. So back in the day, it was like the original pheno hunt, theoretically. We popped all the seeds and we didn't start to select phenotypes. Did you get a lot of males? Oh, yeah. Like uh, tons (laughs) tons of them and this, right? Pretty much. It was like the flood and drain was like the way to go back in the day. Because you could build anything you want out of everything from Home Depot. I didn't have to go to a grow shop. And you just put it on a pump and a timer. It just floods the table, drains the table, floods the table, drains the table. And at that point, if you had to eliminate males in that process, we just filled it with plants. We didn't even care. And, uh, you know, from growing the OG Kush originally, uh, it's funny. I, I I won't say his real name, but, it, it, you know, another funny story through the LED company was, I think, about two years ago. No, about a year ago. Um, 
I, I put out this thing on Instagram to sponsor whoever gave me the best video telling them why I should help, you know, basically mentor them and, and help them through this uh, home growing competition that they had in, in the state. And I covered the $500 entry fee, you know, got them the clones and, you know, took them down to the mills warehouse and got them all set up and all this stuff. And um, I guess he online would correspond with somebody else on, on Instagram back and forth. He's like, I knew that guy from back in the day. I went to high school with him. And he kept referring to me, you know, in that way. And I was like, who the fuck is this? Because the guy doesn't have any pictures of himself online, doesn't go sure. by his real name. And I still yeah. won't give his real name out. But, you know, he's just, I'll, I, I could say his Instagram. It's Dragon House Terps, you know, basically. Nice. And he does a bunch of HVAC work for the Miami Mango guys and some other people. So, you know, he has a good following. He's very, you know, detail-oriented. I, I like his posts. He's real techie. And um, for people out there who are trying to learn stuff. And, um, you know, he's telling this guy, I know him. I know him. And I was like, I don't know who the fuck this is. He messages me, and I was like, no fucking way. I know you. The last time I saw this guy, I remember I almost had one of the original underground grows get raided, and I had a bunch of moms that I needed to save, and him and a friend in a Honda CRX at the time, in the middle of the night, no window tent, you know, fucking five, six foot tall fucking moms that we hacked back enough. One dude was in the passenger seat just bundling up a bunch of plants. We had a bunch of plants in the hatch. And he took off, and that was one of the last times I saw him. In the, it's been almost over fucking 15 years, well over 15 years since I've seen him. And then to run into him like this was pretty cool. And uh, we're going to get him some lights so that he's going to start running them online because he does a lot of different, um, you know, light trials, and he goes into making, you know, uh, solventless extractions. People like a lot of hash rosins and water hash now. So... He goes into, you know, what lights extract the most and, and the terpene profiles and goes through all the different microns and the meshes he uses. And, you know, I, I think that's, you know, where things are going as people start to learn more and more. And, and, and theoretically for me, you can't be any healthier than not using any solvents. Realistically, it's sure. all about refining that process to take out any of the carcinogens that you get from the actual plant material. And then you have... I call the perfect poison. At wow. That <laughs> so, so David, let me ask you, uh, being in, you know, connoisseur as well and going through the different lights, how many years you said now, 20 years? What, what, what was it? Yeah, we've been doing lights 20 years and LED specifically for about 13. Well, tell them yeah. what kind of businesses you guys used to put them into and stuff. Well, we put them into to anything under the sun. So our, our specialties now are, uh, as Jerome can attest to, some of the largest greenhouses we've seen throughout the country oh right. i mean he's even just talking the greenhouse these people are, are shaking hands with government officials you know utilizing not only their lighting but their uh platform to control everything from smart cities to military grade applications and you know their their encryption codes on just for instance like we're taking the ability that they have with a 256 bit encryption code just for people that don't understand that it's basically twice the amount the, the banking system has. So if you have a bank, everything's encrypted to 128-bit. 
this is twice that, and that's the only way you can get into any type of military application. I appreciate the endorsement, Jerome. Well, uh, I, I, I'm just being real. Yeah, like, yeah, as the industry that. evolves no, no, and people no, want to no. protect so their my, own. My, my main thing yeah. was kind of like going through the bulb flashback. That's yeah. more than, oh, more dude, than anything. I, they I, tennis courts. So we do, I, I'm we just do saying everything like, from cities to sports facilities to you name it. And me particularly and being a connoisseur. Whom in Toyota, we walk by, he's like, see this, see this, see that? We did that parking lot over there. We did that dealership. So yeah, it's like, right, right, but yeah. me being a connoisseur, I've always been uh, interested those, in tinkering cause, with cause, LEDs. Because the funny and, thing you know, is, the funny thing was, is the same giant metal halide bulb that you used in a grow. Like you know, I grew from the fucking nineties. You know what I'm saying? They're hot. You have to this. There are all these things that you have to capture. You have to switch them out. But the funny thing is that big giant metal halide bulb, if you ever went to back day into like Giants uh, fucking stadium in New York or, you know, this or any of the old fucking things, in those arenas, if you looked up at all the giant light fixtures they had, they had one of those same ones literally in every fucking socket, oh, yeah. right? No, the you're same exactly exact right. one. If, if you drive down though, we're right off the 101, the 101 to the 405, and you look at half the places all around, you'll see our lights with big giant bulbs if they haven't switched to LED. Yeah, that's In what I'm saying. sports facilities yeah, to parking yeah. lots. But now too. California specifically has um, a thing now that they're going through, and for free they're actually changing over everything over to LED. All of our bulbs in our whole entire place, they just recently did that. Not these right here, but all the ones that could be, you know, changed like that and stuff. But uh, yeah, I've been hearing all this stuff that yeah, the lighting's changing a lot now. But yeah, crazy. Oh, yeah, huh? uh, well, the reason people start doing stuff is sometimes out of necessity. Sure. So, well, they said because the power grid's being used too much. Like there's too much power being sucked, almost in a sense that they want to, they have to conserve it. And depending where you are too, you could get a lot of money back from your utility company on rebates. So sometimes they'll even give you a check. Sure. Not to put in thousand watt bulbs. Yeah. Oh and to wow. Go with LED. To not, oh wow. So yeah, and yeah, if you yeah. buy a building and you're going to put in thousand watt bulbs, they'll even give you a check to not put them in. Sometimes up to a couple hundred bucks. In some places, even more. Wow, that's so pretty crazy, fixture, right? Whoever, pretty crazy. Who would ever think of that, right? Well, it's because, as you said, they need less power. And for cultivations, grid. a lot of times, if your original design plans have thousand watt HIDs in there, it's to your benefit because a lot of these. Rebates are based on the original design being planned out for HID then being changed into an LED or less energy type consumption type light that's under that rebate. Sure. So, sure. Um, you know, it's a win-win for everybody there. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting business, and there's so many aspects of the cannabis industry, and because of it not being descheduled yet and everything going on, one of the biggest things is everybody talks about banking, and that's why we got my boy... Darren here to just talk a little bit closer to the mic there and uh, and to you know kind of break down what has been going on and why banks weren't taking credit cards and things of that nature and what's kind of opening up now. So it's still obviously very difficult in the gen generic cannabis space, right? For well, just let's talk about why you can't and why it's been so hard for banks to not be able to just take cannabis money. Uh, because it's still federally illegal, right? And Visa and MasterCard kind of control the world. So they're the ones that uh, pretty much make the decisions and they can go back in and find the banks or they're the ones that pretty much control if they can get and it through a, or not. And a bank could lose their license, essentially, Sure, right? the banks can get fined, lose their license, and yeah, the whole deal. 
Now, there's been lots of companies that try to say that they can take credit cards and processing and then six months or a year later they just fucking go down and it's all a bunch of bullshit. Uh, explain why and how these companies even got away with doing all that in the first place. Well, a lot of them are setting up accounts under false pretenses, right? So they're putting in certain SIC codes, they call it, or they're setting it up under a, a different kind of business where they know it can get approved, where the underwriters won't go through and look at it, but they're not dumb, right? They'll come back in later and they'll they'll look at the account and they'll see what you're doing and then they'll shut it down. And, yeah. then, and then they'll put your money on hold uh-huh. and then you're, 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 you're screwed. So... You have to get it done the right way. You have to understand what banks are willing to take on, what kind of risk. You got to look at what kind of what the underwriters are looking for. And a few years ago, it was almost impossible. It was very difficult to find somebody that was actually valid, right? Just, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, banks didn't really, want to touch it. And really, it just when the Hemp Farm Act, I think, changed a lot. That think, helped or, it out, I, but it's yeah. still you know going going across of the course, Visa Mastercard if, railways. They call but it. If, if that didn't happen, it would probably still be harder. Right or now? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think people are loosening up in the CBD and in the cannabis world, especially when it comes to like devices and stuff like that, like like a med tainer, which is like a, a grinding system, or okay. like a dip devices, which is like a vape cartridge system. Right? Even though they don't touch the flower, some banks are now allowing you to do processing the parts, for those kind of devices. The parts and accessories that are related yep. that could be related to it. Yep. Even with head shops and smoke shops and that kind of stuff that sell all those paraphernalia you call it devices right yeah it's all the, for tobacco yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's all for tobacco right it's but, all for the good but actually you know what's crazy is my boy just opened up a uh, shout out to elevated smoke shop over in vegas it just opened up um they have a different licensing process now because you know they're a rec state so you have the tobacco use license right right but if you want to sell a bong or this or anything that's accessory, you straight up get a secondary license that is for cannabis paraphernalia. Now they actually have a category where you're like literally legitimately saying, yep, this isn't for tobacco use. This is a motherfucking bong. Yeah, you can smoke no, for sure. motherfucking weed in this shit now. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like you can be open about it and, and they have legal licensing to, you know, to that. Does that cause an issue? with someone taking the credit card when normally if they were just a tobacco shop, it would have been fine? Well, tobacco, I mean, is even more strict because they think it's going to get in the hands of kids, especially if you're selling... I mean, if you're selling at retail, you can get away with it, right? Because then they, But they I'm think saying as far ID. as processing and taking the money. Um, like in what way? So what I was trying... What I was saying is, is if credit card people are so scandalous about it that now... As a tobacco shop, they'd let you sell a bong or a water pipe or whatever because it's for tobacco use. Now, if you're getting the license and saying, well, this is for cannabis. I, I, you know what? what tell the you the truth. I don't, I don't think the devices the are happens? making a difference. They all know. They yeah. all know it's used for the same, right? But you guys came up with a method or a way to actually take credit cards or break down what, what your company yeah, so, I mean, we've been in the in the space for a while, so, I mean, I'm more of, like, a broker that writes business through different banks, and different banks have different risk tolerance, right? Sure. So, you, you, you want to do everything the right way. You want to let the underwriter, underwriters do the website compliance if it's a, if you're selling it online compared to in-shop, right? But they look. They, they look at social media. They look at all kinds of things when they think it's as any kind of high risk, and, you know, they either, if they'll take it, they price it high, but... I mean, we, we pretty much have really low buy rates with the so banks. So you think a lot of times when people are getting accounts and things now, 
A big part of it is them checking social media and the websites to see what the company is. Yeah, they have some software, banking software called like G2 or something like that. They can track everything. They can track all the social media accounts that's related to the business owner, to their social security number, to the business license, to the FID number, you know what I mean? The, wow. It's to the EIN number. It kind of all cross-references wow. each other. That's a wild yeah, crazy. shit right there, right? Yeah, they get crazy. So it's getting harder and harder. Not necessarily. I think it's kind of opening up and getting a little bit easier just as long as it's done right. Sure. You know, so. And if people wanted to reach out to you to do something like that, what would they Yeah, do? no, please. I mean, uh, website's under Green Merchant Processing. My name's Darren Dayton. Our phone number's 833-275-9669. Uh, uh, we had a little session earlier, so I'm feeling pretty good. But oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, please reach out. I mean, we'll talk to you, consult with you. And, you know, if it makes sense, you know, going our route, we do Are have the, some of the lowest price now, and great service. So yeah, we'll definitely love to talk and help you out. That'd that's the important thing is the rates part. Of course. A lot of these ones that are getting away, you know, that they can do it, they're saying, oh, we're the only ones who could do it, so we're going to jack the motherfucking price up. Look, I'm all about low rates and long-term relationships, but honestly, like, if you're paying 4% and you can sell that product compared to someone else that can't, shit, who cares? I don't think you're working on those tight margins. Hopefully not. Sure, sure. I got you. You know, but and, I, get, I get it. And, uh, and Jerome, you've been collaborating and helping work with David and his lighting company, uh, helping kind of go through various uh, versions, let's say, to get to what you optimally feel as a grower with a lot of experience, um, a great light. But let's talk about what did you have to do between certain models or the first model you got to try and you know what what was your advice or what kind of tweaks were made that was uh <laughs> it's been a learning process for me um you know i've been one of those people i have everything in my head and and, and it's always about trying to translate that out to somebody else because you know i'm not the engineer that's putting a parts list together and you know looking at it from an aesthetics point of view to functionality there's a fine line of of what you can and can't do in certain types of restrictions as far as okay what can we and what can we manufacture and 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 also produce it in a, in a way that you know it benefits the client in multiple levels obviously um price is always going to be the first you know thing that comes out of anybody's mouth no matter what you do in this industry and Typically, the way I look at it is, is you should be thankful that they're a manufacturer because, you know, whatever light that we produce, let's say you don't need certain types of water-resistant connections. You don't want, you know, whatever it may be that could drive certain price ass points higher. We could fit it to your budget and tailor things to your budget versus, you know, the most important part of the light is the spectrum. And, and, you know, as a cultivator, it's knowing what you need for what type of cultivation that you're doing. And, you know, I, we talked about it for a couple of seconds talking about the spectrum that going from veg to bloom and what type of spectrum would we use as far as going into bloom or what type of changes. Um, the way I approach it for people is, is, you know, as far as spectrum, I think that if you do need any type of tunability to spectrum, it's typically going to be in veg, and really that's only going to be to the constraints of, you know, larger commercial applications are going to have racking systems, and these racking systems based on height requirements and veg times and, and uh, just scheduling in general, 
you're going to be able to manipulate the plant's actual vertical height stretch by taking out different wavelengths and color temperatures out of the actual light fixture itself. Just, just very simply, um, you know, for most people that go into to bloom, they go from traditionally, let's say, like a metal halide bulb to a HPS. And, you know, a lot of that huge, you know, temperature change going from like a 5,000 Kelvin to a 27 to 3,000 Kelvin bulb, you're going to have a lot of plant stretch. So if you're in veg and you have plants that are stretching dramatically compared to others and you need these canopies to be relatively similar in height or you need to slow down that internodal stretch, you can take out a lot of these reds out of that plant, you know, uh, light fixture and, you know, and control it that way. Um, when you get into bloom, a lot of times, you know, using that for people that were going from, let's say, uh, LED to HID, you can really manipulate and gradually decrease that white blue into that warmer orange spectrum as you go into bloom. Um, for me, it's all about filling the canopy. And that was one of the things that I originally was like really known for was is, look, we all got to grow six plants, so why not grow six lights? You know, I, that was my mentality. And, and the thing is, is, you know, you look at people that cultivate outdoors and they don't take six plants and plant them, you know, six inches apart in a small container and, and, and grow that way. No, they, they grow sure. these huge monster plants. Why? Yeah, because of course. You give them the space, not only just to grow, you know, vertically above ground, but you give them the actual root surface area to expand. You know, root surface really depends on the amount of water and nutrient uptake a plant can take, and the plant can only transpire as much sure. as you're able to give sure. the plant. So when you have uh, smaller container-sized plants in a commercial application that are getting, you know, micro-feedings of very small regiments of, of dosing throughout the uh, feed schedule— their whole goal is is to dry that out and re-wet it, dry that out and re-wet it. What are we doing? We're just using the small area of surface that we have as far as root mass to generate as much growth potentially in that cultivation. So, you know, for me, it's been a how do we perfect getting one plant per light, you know, and that was like for me the big thing. And, and one of the things we, we talked about earlier when we were taking a few, you know, tokes was, you know, going back to like about 2002, 2003, um, I was introduced to Jack Herrera through some Orange County Normal meetings way back in the day through some activists that are still heavily involved, uh, Dave and Marla James. I haven't talked to them in years. I've actually researched them. They're even more, they, I mean, they'll sure. go to the courthouses, they'll, you know, hold up signs. And, and for me back in the day, I, I didn't want to be a part of that because I was like, look, <laughs> I'm yeah. already doing a lot sure. of shit here. I'm not trying to the golf course. <laughs> sure. You know, basically I was still the person like, okay, whose car are we going to take to the hydro store? Yeah. Does it have plates? Hopefully not. You know, and you, you know, you take all these multiple different routes and you know, you pay cash only and <laughs> yeah, man, sure. that's crazy. You know, so I grew up in that whole mentality. So it's like, you know, from that to, to working behind the counter, you know, I was one of the guys, you know, back in the early 2010, 11, 12, 13, working behind the counter of a Green Coast Hydroponics, you know, and, and seeing the evolve. And I was just seeing so many people today that are these famous people, quote unquote, or name brands. And, and, and I'm like, 
I love it. I love seeing people be successful that you're able to see evolve from your like, sure. I remember when this guy was just asking me advice behind the counter, you know, and yeah. now they have their own, you know, like seed bank yeah, or whatever it may be. And it's so definitely it's, the advantage of knowing that that's where, you know, the opportunity of cannabis of it being a green rush, that it's not just corporate devoured and that there's the average person that you could have said, yeah, my homie that was just fucking wiping floors is now making millions and fucking doing good. So dude, props, they took props. the risk, dude. That was the yeah, biggest thing is to those who, for you sure. know, there's two things to that is, is finding the, the capital to invest in times where you could buy a pre ICO license for like a couple hundred thousand dollars. And today, some of those people sold them for tens millions, of millions. Yeah, yeah. Millions and millions of dollars. So, I mean, people, you know, weren't taking those risks then. And for me, I was always just below the, I, I wasn't willing to make that risk back in the day, you know, and everything was, you know, how many years am I going to spend in jail? And now sure, it's like, sure. in all honesty, it's, it's even people in the gray area. It's like, I've seen people that have been running commercial spots that are underground for years. They just get a letter from whatever it may be, you know, DWP. We're like, look, we're going to come in here in three days. We're going to inspect. We don't care what you're doing, basically. And if there is something in there that shouldn't, we're giving you this many days to get it out of there. There's going to be no type of legal involvement. And and really, if you would have told me that fucking five, six, seven years ago, sure, I would sure. have fucking had a couple sure. thousand lighters going. No yeah, problem. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, David, let me ask you, the the LED lights you guys produce, mm -hmm. um, what are do they come in different wattage wattages or what's the deal? So since we make them ourselves and literally make them ourselves from raw steel, raw aluminum, melt it down, make it into fixtures. Nothing's from China off the boat. We are right here, right outside along the No Beach. Wuhan. And, <laughs> and so we make basically a custom made to order fixture for the client in but four on, weeks but, but so i mean on, have, on average what on are average the, what, are the, so what, our LEDs, what do you tell people hey we do 500 thousands like, yeah, yeah so we're what, replacing what typically uh 75 of the stuff we do is we're replacing thousand watt hps's that draw around you know almost 1200 watts with 600 watt fixtures jerome's idea was to make sure that we had exactly roughly or exactly half the wattage of the uh, HPS fixture. So that way, if someone wanted to take a single stacked room where they're running 1,000 watts, that now they can double stack it with some PIP racks or uh, many of the other racks out there and use our fixtures. And in, in, in technicalities, you know, I always say Gavita because people understand what a Gavita is, is mm -hmm. a double-ended light. But uh, just to reference point, a 1,000-watt HPS fixture operates at about 4.6 amps at 240 volts a draw. At 1150 or most turbo boost amperages, those will go up to about 5, 5.3 amps. So at 600 watts with an LED, you're drawing exactly half the amperage. So when you retrofit a cultivation that had, let's say, 12 to 14 foot ceilings, now you can double stack that canopy, use the existing HVAC, and then double the canopy as far as surface and area. How high would you have the LED from where the top of the plant hits when you're using an LED, uh, LED light? So we're going to educate everybody with that question right now because that's the one question that I want everybody to have the answer for in the future because realistically that doesn't matter what really matters is is looking at the actual par levels that you're giving the plant if you look at from different temp, uh, distances from any light those will fluctuate the real thing that we have to worry about is is achieving the par levels that we need to to get optimum growth 
And people becoming efficient, bringing the lights lower to the canopy level also causes risks of microclimates accumulating excess humidity from bud development and stagnant air. So being able to move air within a smaller critical area becomes harder. Sure. If you can control the environment and the parameters there, then lowering the wattage is your advantage because if you can keep the par levels the same at a lower wattage, look, this isn't about distance, it's about science. But if someone was just growing pretty average for the average person, two feet, foot and a half, It's all three, about your, 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 your grow area. I mean, whether you're growing in a tent and you're cooling the room and then you're uh, basically cycling the air through different types of uh, inline fans that okay. are temperature controllers. If it was that, where would you, where would you go? Well, I mean, it, then you ask, are we supplementing CO2 at what level? So if sure. let's say for people that are just using natural air, and natural air will be typically about four to 500 ppms of CO2 enrichment, and if you're cycling the air in those, I would probably say to keep the leaf surface temperature typically in bloom anywhere from about 76 to 78 degrees. Sure. That gives you a little bit of buffer room because typically in these type of situations, you're kind of restricted in, in actual height of canopy and, and grow space, which heat can accumulate fast with something going wrong as far as an inline fan not being able to exchange that air for the cold air outside the tent because obviously you nice. can't fit a air conditioning unit a lot of times in a 4x4 tent and have a 4x4 table and grow. Sure. So, you know, even from larger cultivations too, um, you know, there's this thing called VPD that people need to understand that it's not about running a higher temperature and higher humidity causes powdery mildew, and I think that's what a lot of people have their biggest concerns. Well, humidity equals powdery mildew. That's not true. Pathogens equal powdery mildew. It doesn't matter what humidity rate and getting the plants to tr transpire in correlation to the correct temperature, humidity levels also coincides uh, with the light levels you give the plant. So the thing is, is think of the plant as kind of building a race car. And this is the easiest way I can get people to understand is sure. when you build a race car, you don't just throw a turbo, uh, some nitrous on it, and you know some higher octane fuel and then it just goes faster no there's some tuning that happens there sure. it'll actually probably run even more like shit if you just built a car like that and didn't tune it <laughs> sure so now we look at the plant in that aspect okay well i gave them 1500 ppms of co2 like they told me to do at the hydro store and i put it at 78 degrees and 50 percent humidity and i put my light two feet above the canopy so at one point, are we going to not just say, hey, look, it's all luck if you just had success because you don't really know the functionalities yeah. of how everything's kind of intertwined. Sure. So when you look at VPD, all you're looking at is is now optimizing the plant's transpiration rates, which realistically in, intertwines with its photosynthetic process to absorb light, water, and exasperate that also at different levels. So sure. we're trying to fine-tune this now. So you look at this VPD chart. Okay, now... That's not my room temperature, that's the leaf surface temperature. So when you look at LEDs, being able to run a higher leaf surface temperature at lower risk for equipment failure to cause failure of crop due to heat stress because, let's face it, I could touch an LED lamp with my hand because it's operating at about 100 to 120 uh, uh, degrees Fahrenheit, let's say at maximum, when an HID lamp you melt your skin because it operates at well over 700 degrees. Sure. So if you had a fan go out, or an AC go out and you still have those same two feet parameters, I guarantee you the crop that's going to be under the HID is going to be a lot more detrimental to being ruined than it would be under an LED. Sure. Because you don't have that direct radiant heat source. So wow. 
uh, when you so look, much to learn, right? Uh, so much. Wealth and all. Just sure. go, uh, <laughs> this is what I do. So, I, you know, I go into your race car and we make it better. That's, that's so. Do you have any uh, any friends or family out there you want to give a shout out to? Uh, I mean, for me, I'm gonna keep my privacy right now. Just, sure. Uh, you know, I have kids. They're, it's Kona, Lulu, and Samson. Awesome. I'm gonna give a shout out to them. Hell shout yeah. out to Ling. Yes. And uh, you know, thank you to Rapid Grow for giving me this opportunity. I mean, I came in there to theoretically test out their Gen One lights and let them know what I thought, and we hit it off. And you know, we're able to provide a fixture that honestly came from uh, an actual medical use. You know, a year and a half ago, I was in Vegas for MJ BizCon, met a, a bunch of great geneticists and people doing great things for the industry and they're trying to do an extraction to infuse THC and CBD into a hydrogel for burn and wound care victims and work with the federal government and the University of Florida. And we created a uh, specific wavelength of, of light to improve the extraction potency rates. And basically that's what we're able to put into the RPL 420 is something that's made specifically for extraction purposes and raising your potency. I, I took one strain that we smoked a little bit ago since 2015 in, in different testing, raise it from about 27.1 to about 34.7% THC content using different types of just wavelengths and lighting methods, nutrients, everything has always been the same. Hell yeah. And that's multiple different testing, you know, facilities doing that. So I'm not relying on one source. Sure. It's, it's, it's really, a, you know, looking at this and fine tuning it and then putting that into true medical use. So them being a manufacturer and the fact that I could literally travel 30 minutes or less from my house and just be like, hey, let's let's get to work on and, and things like putting a green light into a fixture. How many people have worked with a headlamp on, you know, and they're the first people I, I give them this idea. I'm like, look, let's put a green light on these things so that when people operate their lights, let's say it's for safety. Lights go yeah. off at 10 p.m. You're in there plucking leaves. It goes on for five minutes. So you can just wrap it up or just have it to a badge access ID that automatically knows when you're in there and it, it doesn't actually affect the sure. plants. Uh, Our lights designed by a you grower. Know, photo period. Yeah, I mean, this is yeah. this is stuff that I'm like, how the fuck did nobody fucking think of this shit already or do it? Yeah, Because they're not yeah. manufacturers. They're putting sure. it on a boat, putting it here. And, you know, they got people that are doing military-grade applications and doing smart cities. It's a no-brainer. They're going to be able to do this type of stuff. Thank you, brother, yeah. man. David, any uh, shout-outs for you? Oh, just go check out our Instagram page at Rapid Grow LED. Go check out our website, and uh, shout-out to you. Thanks for having us on. Rapid. And, so, uh, Rapid, is it Rapid? www.rapidgrowled.com. At Rapid Grow yep, LED that's it. on Instagram. And, but what's it on? Is it as far on? Uh, www.rapidgrowled.com. Just then, like you said, and at Rapid Grow LED. Darren, my brother, shout out. What, shout outs for you. We got a thrill shot. I shout wish out I was in Jerome's world because I love my weed, but. At you, know, uh, at you know was good for me too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm private, so okay. you can be lucky. No, just I mean honestly, I mean I'd love to help out businesses, you know, save money and make money and be able to take more clients and payments from clients. So, green merchant processing. We also have CBD payment processing. We do payment processing. For now CBD. is it greenmerchantprocessing.com? Dot com. Or, okay, perfect. Yeah, both dot com. You got a little Instagramming or no? Uh, phone number just one last time if that's okay. Eight three three two seven five nine six six nine. And, uh, yeah, good times with these gentlemen. Thank sure. you guys so much for coming in Thanks, and hanging Andrew. out with us. Thank and you. You're the man. Getting to try some of the nugs uh, that were brought in today, which were quite tasty. Definitely going to look forward to uh, trying a little bit more and then definitely Absolutely. have you guys come back down and definitely have you come down and uh, we'll try some other flavors you've been doing. Make sure you all check out HayesRadioNetwork.com for all your cannabis talk shows. 
live concerts and music and everything else we got going on. Download the app and check it out on your phone and check out the website where you could check out all the different radio shows that we have from Kyle Cushman to Adam Hill to sports to great things that women are throwing out there in the universe and uh, everything else that's got to go with green in the universe, man. So thank you guys so much for coming on. Thanks, guys. And we out. Thank you. Peace. Later.